This program is powered by Tascam. Tascam's Mini Studio Creator US42 is your new personal production and online broadcast studio featuring a professional quality audio interface and a number of unique real-time effects. The Mini Studio Creator delivers everything you need for your podcast or webcast. Find out more at Tascam.com, part of the Gibson family of brands. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do you hear that? Or what? I'm receiving some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? It's some sort of message and music. Music? Routed through the main system. Good idea. Routing now. Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Affair. I like that Wookie. Bringing you news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. I just assumed it's a Wookie. Let's get out of here. Ready for light speed? One, two, three. And now your hosts, Ken, Eric, and Mike. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. Um, we got guests this week joining us along with Ken and Derek. Um, the one guest you might have heard a couple times over on Weeby Geeks. The other guest, this is her first time to any of the shows that I've put on. Um, these guys, I want to read the synopsis that was sent ahead of time per my request. They they are getting ready to pitch a, a documentary. Um, it's in the what's the best way to put it in the development stage still or, or a, waiting germ of an idea stage pre development yeah pre development there we go the wheel thinking stage it, 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 well in Disney terms it's in the the meeting for the meeting for the meeting for the quote of the quote of the quote right yeah. okay. we're trying to get we're trying to get in on the on the bottom floor the basement they're working on this idea idea called Rogue 39, a Star Wars detour. The story behind the little-known animated Star Wars show that never was. Through interviews, photos, and countless hours of behind-the-scenes footage taken by the show's supervising director Todd Grimes, a story is told of the epic saga behind George Lucas's vision of a comedic take on his galaxy known as Star Wars detours. The show would, would be the last Star Wars production overseen by Lucas before his retirement in 2012. As told by the Artists and producers who created the series, Rogue 39 explains the full story of how Star Wars Detours came to be and why its 39 episodes may never be revealed. So we have producer Jen Hill and director Todd Grimes joining us. How are you guys doing this week? Very good. Good, thanks. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, I know we've talked many times, Todd, and I still yep. keep teasing. And I, and I was good today. I didn't tease. I still got that <laughs> NDA to send to you for <laughs> for copies of the show. But um, so yeah, welcome to to Wookie Radio, where we we talk all things Star Trek. Okay, maybe. Oh, <laughs> and Babylon Five. <laughs> so in true Thor's fashion, yeah. So let let's back it up. Up some uh, before we get into Rogue Thirty Nine in 2011, y'all were doing production on Detours with stuff. Stuff was ready to launch in 2012, correct? Because yeah. y- y'all were at C- Celebration Six here in Orlando. Um, yeah. The signs were all over the place. You guys were making the rounds like crazy. Uh, I've got pictures to prove it. Um, <laughs> the the panels were a hit. Y'all had George, the maker himself, at the panels. 
where did the whole idea for detour for for detours for detours where did where did that originate? Well, I think it kind of even goes further back than 2011. It was uh, you know the original idea was George's when he saw. Uh, Matt and Seth, Matt Sunrise and Seth Green's show, Robot Chicken, and they uh, did a Star Wars spoof, and then they did another and another, and um, and George had seen those and allowed them, if you will, to make their, their feature length, well, I don't know if they're feature length, but their hour-long Robot Chicken Star Wars specials, right. and that sort of jumped into the idea with George, is like, hey, why don't we make a show out of this? Um, and uh, so he started collaborating with them on the ideation of of the world of detours it was probably maybe even more like 2008 and yeah. then you were there in 2009 right yep. yeah. yeah so so it had been a while but by, by, by 2012 we've been working on it for probably close to three years two and a half two and a half years yeah, yeah. so what was the what was the uh, idea behind detours then like what was the pr- the premise of the show well I think it was primarily from in George's mind it was um, and Matt and Seth as well it was like sort of Star Wars without the wars yeah. <laughs> that's what we always used to say yeah. and um and uh it was supposed to be sort of like when uh, like a look at the at, at a comedic take on the star wars universe but not in a way that made just made fun of star wars sort of a way that pointed out the ironies of the world of star wars um george was one of the the first time i met him he he brought up the matt and seth sketch about a stormtrooper who had bring your daughter to work day mm-hmm. yes oh, i remember that one yeah 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 and he thought it was hilarious. He thought it was really funny. And, he, and what he appreciated about it was that it bring your daughter to work day for a stormtrooper isn't really a joke, a, a Star Wars joke. It's a, it's a, it's sort of a, it's sort of a, a joke within the universe that begs the question of things like, yeah, what does a Star Wars like? Does a stormtrooper have a wife and a family? Because yeah. people in the military do. Yeah. And you know, what would that life be like? You know. Yeah. The whole the whole Star Wars without the wars. It's like you have Star Wars going on. I think I feel in the beginning it was also more like what's going on with those background people the guys yeah. pushing the buttons the guys like who are these people have to eat somebody's bringing them their lunch what what's going on with those people's lives and how can we make stories about that and then as the show progressed it also turned into like the actual main characters right like Obi-Wan yeah. or yeah, Leia <laughs> Luke we then create stories around those guys too but it, it I feel like it started too with those background characters and yeah. it evolved from there like what like what kind of doc <laughs> Doctor is Doctor Evazon. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know that myself. That we answered, and someday you might see it. But no, but it was like we'd always kind of do this face where he was like, "I'm a doctor," and, and you know he would always <laughs> like. But when you when you look at Star Wars, you're like, "What? He's Doctor Evazon, but he looks like this hobo with a with a melted face." So what's pl- his backstory? He was a plastic um, surgeon, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the one. I mean, the in the intro episode uh, a spoiler alert um, but I don't know if it matters anymore but we, we explored the backstory of what happened to his face. Yeah. And I won't tell I won't tell you what the answer is, but it's pure it's comedy funny. gold. Yeah. <laughs> like, and what exactly, what kind of doctor is Dr. Evazon, you know? Mm-hmm. And how did he meet Honda Baba? We kind of, <laughs> we explored that as well. <laughs> now, 
Go ahead, Ken. Well, going back a little bit farther than that, how did you guys actually get involved with Detours? So for for me, I got I got a phone call out of the blue from a recruiter at Lucasfilm Animation, and I thought I thought this woman was joking. Like, <laughs> I get this, I get hit up. Actually, first I got hit up on LinkedIn. So for those of you out there who who feel like LinkedIn doesn't work, it totally does. So this woman like contacts me out of the blue and tells me she's with Lucasfilm, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? Because I I lived in Toronto at the time. I was up in Canada. And in my little Torontonian bubble up there, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like, that's California. There's no way these people are reaching out to me. She's got to be she's got to be joking. Um, and then I ended up speaking with her on the phone. And she was saying, you know, we've got this we've got this show, I would be interested to find out if you would want to meet and find out a little bit more about it and what your availability is. And so from there, we did this little dance for a little bit because I still wasn't sure that, that this was real because yeah. it's Star Wars and it's Lucasfilm. Um, and so we did some phone interviews. I then uh, I met with, uh, you know, like I actually met with Filoni. I met with Carrie Silver from uh, from uh, Clone Wars. Sorry, I'm spacing out there for a second. It's been a long time. It's been such a long time. <laughs> um, and I went through this whole, I, I think it took like six months from that initial reaching out over LinkedIn to the very end when I met with George. Um, I flew out here and I met with George in person to to me starting. So it was the end of 2009 that I then came out here. And uh, it was just me. I remember that at the time they were like, Clone Wars is up and running. They have their team. And now we want to create this show. And you're going to need to hire a whole team of people. And we need to get going on that because we want to get started next year as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we uh, we did some sourcing and we interviewed different directors and different head writers. And Todd was in that group. So then we met in January. Yeah, my the following we, year. Yeah, I had some friends on Clone Wars. I think Julie Peng, my mm-hmm. friend Julie Peng, gave you my name. Yeah. But it, but as I recall, you had hired another director. That yeah. Yeah, I was I was chased too. <laughs> And uh, this other guy, they hired you. I hired some other guy, and he ended up leaving it for was, some reason. No, he didn't end up leaving. He had a different opportunity, and I think it was more his passion project that he had been sort of working yeah. on over years. And that he was he was a name too that we got from Matt and Seth. Oh yeah, I had to. I also had to get vetted through Matt and Seth <laughs> right. before I came out here and interviewed. So that it was a trip. I got to tell you, I loved it. I think yeah. It still feels like a dream, but yeah. And so then that fell through. Yeah, and then. Yeah. I was, I, I, was I was like, like freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to get this show going. Like it's Star Wars. I need a director. Um, and I, I was like Matthew Broderick's understudy <laughs> on Broadway. He came in and was like, I got the part. I got the part. So y'all, y'all get 39 shows finished, yeah. presented at C6. Now, did y'all know at the time of C6 that Lucas was selling to Disney? We no, didn't we? No. That oh was no, in not August. not. That we, was in uh, we found out shortly thereafter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, we we knew we knew we knew that Kathleen Kennedy was was taking us that that much. We knew we knew that Kathleen was um, uh, re- taking over for George as he retired. Um, the day I the day I met George, he told me he was retiring in yeah. two months. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Three years later, he finally made good on it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, he was like, oh, I'm, "I'm retiring, so this is it for me." Um, and then that went on for three years. He never retired. And then he finally did really actually retire and hand over the reins to Kathleen Kennedy. Um, and then the Disney sale was shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't long after C6. But no, I don't think at the time we knew about the Disney thing yet. 
But I, I think I think looking back at C6 with how he was on site, off site so much and being a Disney cast member myself working at Walt Disney World and knowing Iger was in town for some of that. Yeah. There, there was a lot of speculation that the deal probably did go down or was starting yeah. during C6. Yeah, I think I think a deal like that takes time. So, you know, it, there, there had to have been. Yeah, because yeah. it, like, it was two and a half. It was about two months later that it was yeah. announced. Yeah. Now, how soon after the announcement of the merger, the acquisition, the acquisition, the, the buyout, whatever you want to call it, did y'all get told that's it for detours? Y'all are going to go the way of the 1994 Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. <laughs> um, Which is still the best version. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was early the next year. It, it was, was like, like January. Early January. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it happened fairly quickly. Um, so that, yeah. So we, you know, the, I think the, 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 the Disney uh, purchase was like in the fall. I think it was October. Wasn't it was it? October. October. Yeah, it was announced. October. Was announced yeah. around Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then yeah, I think it was January of yeah. thirteen that we found out that we found that out. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. Welcome back. How was your holidays? <laughs> what? Yeah. So so between the time that you found out about the sale and the time that that, that happened, what were your thoughts in that in between time? Did you know that did was there like a black cloud hanging over you at that time, or were you just forging ahead, not worrying about it? Or that is a great question. I mean, because we still, well, we hadn't found a home, right? And yeah. Disney bought us, right? And you know, I feel like we were having such a such a time trying to find the right place for us to to show detours. And yeah, then we we're talking about XD, right? When Disney yeah. bought us and, and how we fit in there. there. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, at, to my recollection of that time, it's a long time ago now, but um, I actually never thought that that they would pull the plug on the show and the last uh, season of Clone Wars as well which thankfully finally made its way to Netflix but um yeah but we did know that we were going to that we were going to have to we were well I don't I don't want to say we were going too fast but we had produced a lot of content mm-hmm. and we did know that we were going to have to we were getting ahead of ourselves basically um and that and we we did have an inkling that we were at least going to have to maybe slow down and maybe like we Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe like you know, change uh, instead of doing. I think we were doing twenty six episodes a year. Yeah, we're talking about maybe sh- cutting that all the way down to eight. So there was a lot of discussion about how we were going to do that, um, and that probably, in retrospect, should have been a, a flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what, uh, yeah, what were some of the networks y'all were were looking at before the Disney purchase? I, well, I mean, I think we look kind of looked at everybody. everybody. Um, yep. I mean, I don't know. I mean. I don't know if anyone cares anymore. Normally, we wouldn't be at liberty to discuss, but I don't think anyone cares anymore. We talked to everybody. I mean, we were Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, and you know, and most people, Fox. Um, most most people loved the show, uh, but it was like we we started talking to those people right before the Disney thing, and then of course the Disney thing precluded that. Of course, like you know, I mean, Nickelodeon and the Hub, they they really wanted the show as well. Um, a lot of people actually were interested in the show but then once that came once the disney thing happened then it was like well okay then you know <laughs> it's a foregone you know it's, it's a disney property you know, so. right yeah so basically when disney came around everyone's like uh y'all got this big zit on your forehead we can't talk to you right now 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they would be excited for the show if the XD folks. Um, uh, but I think it was a there was a bigger picture that that um, because I don't think you know I, I don't w- when we were making detours, George had made a, a pretty bold statement that was very definitive, which was I'm I'm never going to make any more Star Wars films, and and he said that very clearly. Uh, often he would always say it, and um, and while Lucas like, while Star Wars and Lucasfilm was still his, then that that seemed like the gospel, you know. Um, right. But then once. Yeah, and then once other people came and got involved, they they why very wisely said this is we can't stop making this wonderful you know you know piece of the uh, you know storytelling that you know Star Wars is like a, a it's a never ending saga so to speak and even if you know even if you consider like George's point of view which was it's the story of Anakin Skywalker and it was basically over um, you know there's so much there's so many more tales that could be told within that world so of course um, uh, not even just Disney, but I think Kathleen, when Kathleen Kennedy came along, she recognized that as well and thought, I'm sure we want to make more Star Wars. Now, when you said earlier, Kathleen had come on before the deal with Disney happened. When she came on, did you... Did it look like he was going to sell the company off or or at that time, did it still look like he was going to hold on to it, but just have the the honorary office while someone right. else was running ship? Yeah, like just sit on the board of directors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think so. That's how I felt. And yeah. I didn't think like he was going to sell it. Right. Yeah. No, that was a surprise yeah. to yeah. me for sure. Um, but the, the logic behind it made sense to me, like, you know, wanting to keep, you know, looking for an outlet for Star Wars where it could be in good hands, so to speak, and, and live on in posterity. I mean, like so, a company like Disney is, it's a, is one that, you know, there's, you know, there's limited risk, you know, it's like, they're probably going to be around for a while. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, that was. Um, but then again, I don't know that. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like what you know, because like like I like I said earlier, I, I have a feeling those talks were going on for a long time anyway. So yeah, I'm sure. So so um, you go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead, Ken. You beat um, me to the punch. So when Disney did finally come down and say uh, that they're not going to put detours out yet, did they give you guys a definitive like this is dead, or was it just so they want to hold off for a little bit and see what happens, or what was the idea behind them wanting to shelve this for for the moment? <laughs> <laughs> Did they have, did they have a definitive idea or a plan for this other than just we're going to set it aside? No, no, no. Um, you know the 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 definitive uh, reason that that they, that we were told in it, and also the um, I think a, a, a distinction too that I would make is that um, it, it wasn't just Disney. I think a lot of people think that that I talked to that think that Disney bought Star Wars and then they decided to can detours, um, which is totally not the case. It was sort of a I think a more collective decision between um, Disney being like Bob Iger, Kathleen, and Howard Rothman, who controlled um, all the, you know, the licensing and that end of Lucasfilm. I think they all together believed that if they wanted to um, 
create new usher in new a new audience to a new bunch of stories within the Star Wars universe that may be making um, a parody out of it and having that come out before all that great new stuff might be a bad idea like it might be you know it, it might be introducing audience to audience young audiences especially especially kids who've never seen Star Wars before if the first thing they ever see is detours they're they're gonna think that Star Wars is like supposed to be silly you know and uh, um, it's a funny thing because when I saw Rogue One, um, this is another element of the Detour show, but on our show, Grand Moff Tarkin is a very funny character, right? <laughs> so I went to see the, I, I went to go see uh, Rogue One with the stupid buddy guys, and um, one of which being um, my writing partner, Nick Simotis, who was one of the directors on Detours, and he directed the majority of the episodes of the show, and Grand Moff Tarkin on our show had a a certain affectation about him that made him very comedically like a go-to, you know, funny guy. So when we were watching Rogue One, and you see that epic moment where that CG Grand Moff Tarkin, spoiler alert, (laughs) she hasn't seen it. Um, When he turns around, my buddy and I, Nick and I, started cracking up. Because... (laughs) Because I saw Peter Cushing put Peter Cushing standing there, but in my mind, as soon as he started talking, I heard the detours version of of Grandma Tarkin. I started laughing. <laughs> Another moment where I was like, "Oh yeah, this, you know, damn it, they're right. They were right. We can't, you know, people can't see detours and then expect to just go see Rogue One and take Grandma Tarkin seriously." Yeah. So you know, that was it was another it was a story I've told a lot, but I think I told it on the last time too is like my my kids were very little when I was making detours and I would show them some of this the show and they and they really hadn't seen much of Star Wars because it at that point it was a little too heady for them but detours was not of course um and so when I showed my kids episode four for the first time when Darth Vader came walking on the Tantive four my daughter pointed at him and laughed and, uh, <laughs> because she'd only known the detours version of fake Darth Vader and uh and and I was like and initially like really offended i was like no you you don't laugh at darth vader and um <laughs> right and then and then in, when the rogue one thing happened with tarkin and all that it was like you know it's like oh yeah you know there is there's a, a large amount of logic in that decision <laughs> as much as it you know put a stab that knife through our hearts <laughs> So before we get too too much further along in the backstory of detours, let's talk a little bit about Rogue Thirty Nine, a Star Wars detour. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. um, you know, I read the synopsis a little bit. Um, what more can you tell us about this? I mean, let's let's help get the news out on this to hopefully get it out there instead of ending up in the same spot as yeah as detours well, you know my my hope would be that you know that 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 film that documentary is um it it wouldn't be any it would be less about detours and more about um or, i'm sorry it would be less about star wars and more about the making of an animated production let's say so you wouldn't see uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to show any bits of detours it would just be all 
um, just culminated from the footage that I took over the years um, working on the show. And I have hundreds of hours of I used to film everything, right? And um, and uh, and you know, so I'm hoping that that being said, it, it could still come out and not be the tainted dark uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and tainted Darth Vader. It would just be a, a nice little story about about um, you know how much fun we had doing it. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, I, I, I should say that you know the I've been working on this for some time and um, and asked Jen to help me, um, but uh, but you know, it's sort of something that it's 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 going to have to you know it's, it's probably going to have to go through a lot of uh, uh, begging and pleading on on the part of probably my my lawyers and their and their lawyers <laughs> to get you know um, it probably won't ever be able to see the light of day but if I'm hoping they'll just throw me a bone and let me do it so <laughs> well you don't know unless you ask right yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um, so yeah I mean we're you know we're hopefully the combined you know everyone I've talked to. Um, that with that, you know, I've mentioned it to people that have worked on the show. Have been uh, have said, yeah, I'll I'll definitely you know give you an interview or whatever. Um, you know, the thing about uh, making a documentary is that the story for this this one in my mind would be um, the you know that uh, that being like a really great time in our lives and the fun that we had making it and and just a, a really positive um, outcome rather than a sad one uh, be, uh, because of what we all learned from it. Um, but but that's the funny thing about a documentary is that you really don't know what the story is going to shape out to be in, until you gather all of the information and all of the you don't know what people are going to say in interviews and things like that. So that kind of shapes it as you go, like sort of as a filmmaker, as an editor and a director, you you kind of discover that stuff as you create it. So we'll see how it pans out, I think. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, while making the show. You, you had the initial script, but we know Seth, we know Matt, we know Donald, we know that crew. How much of the script actually stayed and how much of it was total, throw it out the window and just let them ad lib and do whatever. And <laughs> hope it stays to the concept of the script. Yeah, I think it stayed pretty true to the scripts that we yeah. had because we, we had so many, iter- well, I shouldn't say we had so many iterations, but we had so many eyes on it throughout from, you know, first draft, second draft, everything. But then once we got into the booth, obviously, I mean, those guys are hilarious, (laughs) the actors that we had on the show. Um, you would sometimes just let them have it, and and they would go and do their own. Yeah, we got it. We had a lot of <laughs> surprise ads for sure. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, it, Detours was a very script-driven show, a very writer-driven show, and mm-hmm. um, and that is large in part from um, the way that uh, Matt and Seth and Brendan Hay, who was the head writer, um, liked to work. There was, you know, uh, there w- there was a lot of uh, it, there's in animation. There's there's a couple couple of different traditional styles of shows. There's shows that are script driven and shows that are more what they call outline driven. And that's like a show like SpongeBob um, or, uh, you know, shows of that of that sort of uh, type where a lot of the script, quote unquote, if you will, comes out of storyboard artists coming up with ideas. Um, whereas Detours was very story driven and very, despite the fact that it was silly comedy, that we there was always a lot of uh, um, story and character driven part in the show. Um, so that being said, it was it was definitely more of a of a of a writing uh, show in terms of comedy. But like Jen said, there was there was always stuff that would come out of the the records and and in the edit sessions too, where we'd tweak things and um, you know that unexpected things that would happen, especially with 
guys like Donald and, and of course, Breck. And, yeah. you know, those two were the, the they were probably so funny. the... the the most, uh, I don't know, uh, sort of elaborating type actors. Yeah. If you ever got them in a re- in the booth together at the same time, I mean, that was... No, we would miss our plane home. Yeah. We'd miss our plane home. Because <laughs> we, 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 we recorded the actors down here in L.A. Oh, wait, no, where are we? We're we not- <laughs> I'm up in the north. We, we would record the actors down in L.A. So Jen and I used to fly down there every week. And um, and we used to record Donald and Brecken together at the end of the day. Yeah, at the end of the day. And that would lead to us missing planes home. Um, yeah. um, and then we, we started to surreptitiously try to separate them, even though we would get such magic when they were together. Yeah. But they're, they're, those two are really funny together. And they're old friends, so they kind of play off each other. And, they're, yeah. they're, they're stormtrooper characters were amazing yeah yeah, yeah those were yeah. like the, they were like the centerpiece of, of the show in the beginning they were the first characters that we really started to um, develop and uh, and you know at the time of course maybe not even knowing that Donald and Brecken would play them but we you know, we it, it, we thought about we wanted them to we inter- we auditioned lots of people and a lot of people did a great job but they had something I think unique about them um, but there we had so many um, really veteran actors like Gray Griffin and D. Bradley Baker, um, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, who's you know obviously known for his music, but is also an amazing actor as well. Oh yeah, uh, those guys would brought so much you know so much stuff to the show that we yeah like you know getting back to your original question that we never really wrote on the page. So no, then, um, oh go ahead. So, <laughs> so then, um, I guess you you would say that the episodes are more um, story driven, unlike Robot Chicken, which is little sketches and skits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're definitely little. Uh, they're they're stories for sure, and they and then we had um, you know as Matt Matt especially was very focused on making the this, the the intent of the um, the stories be very character driven, you know, not gimmicks or um, right. or cliche things like stories that like we had real. Even though Detours is such like a ridiculous world, yeah, you know, we we got into things like you know husband and wives fighting and you know and uh online dating and like people <laughs> struggling with their job you know like yeah. it was it's sort of it's more like arrested development than it is like oh, a, nice. it's basically like it's it's i it's very much it's very arrested developmenty if you will um you know kind of quirky characters but there's real heart and, and story in that and and matt was very big on that and brendan hay uh was a was a sort of a master at, at crafting that kind of stuff um and then we had a lot of other writers like dan milano was he was yeah. one of the writers we had he would always write the real like sensitive moments in all of his scripts yeah. like, where there, there was always like a you know it was sort of like uh, the comedy was the, the the forefront but there was uh, there was always an undertone of like real uh nice moments as well so, um, so now, sounds really good yeah <laughs> it, it was <laughs> the, the, the teaser trailers were amazing and of course you can't <laughs> find them anymore yeah they've all been like taken down or something and, uh, Oh. Or they're okay. dubbed in German. Or yeah, something. I was just gonna say, aren't they in another language? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And most of those no. teas, we like just found little bits that we thought would be um, at, like like good moments to show at the at the for the fans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to glean exactly what's happening from <laughs> from a story standpoint. Some of those. No, I like a lot of times getting into the technical stuff, especially animated projects. I know because um, we know the Clone Wars and I believe Rebels were both recorded as ensemble for the um, cast recordings. Now, it sounds like you guys didn't actually do it that way. Did you guys do it all 
actors all as individual parts, or did you guys actually try to get them all in the same room to, as an ensemble for recording? <laughs> Most of the, yeah, it is a great question. Most of the time it was individual. I know we, we wanted to a lot of the times get them in as ensembles for certain things, but just actor availability, scheduling um, them all at the same time uh, wouldn't work out because some people would be out of town or on a shoot or doing something else. Um, and then in other instances when, you know, we had some musical elements to it, sometimes we would have a certain or, or a certain conversation. I'm thinking of like Luke and Uncle Owen and yeah. stuff like that, where you would try to get them in the booth just playing off of one another. And just, you know, the, the material that you would get out of the actors would just be so great. Yeah. But I think a lot of the time it had to do more with the scheduling of it that we couldn't get them together yeah. at the same time. Yeah, it was really tough. Um, uh, detours... Um, is with the way an, a, a typical episode of Detours would go, it would be three short stories. It was more sort of like the old uh, Looney Tunes kind of shows, where it would be like little seven-minute stories. So each episode would have three of those. And and that being said, and they would all be in different parts of the Star Wars universe, like Tatooine or Coruscant or, um, or, uh, uh, or the Death Star. And so there were so many characters in any given episode of Detours. And we had so many different actors that it was it was very difficult to get them together um and then and uh like jen said uh you know scheduling wise and also our own schedule we would have to we would have to re- sometimes we would record like three scripts in a single day um and and which you know if you it's that's a very difficult task to get done but um uh but we did have whenever there were some episodes where we had key uh, moments that we knew we wanted um, certain characters to, to to play off each other, and uh, um, and sometimes we would jump in yeah. the, the booth to, to temp the other character. Um, I remember being in the booth with Nat, Nat Faxon, yeah. <laughs> and I was just—he was totally Cute. screaming. He like his character was supposed to be screaming, yelling, and I was playing the other character. And I'm in the booth, and I don't even think I had yeah, headphones had on, on no. and he's just going, and I felt my head going further and further away from the mic and him. <laughs> And yeah. at the end, like he just changed on the drop of a dime. He's like, "You okay? I'm sorry. I know that was really loud." I'm like, yeah. "No, that was great. Did you get it, Todd? Are we done? Can I go?" Yeah, Jen wanted to get in the booth to, to play it so Nat could play off. So, and then, and I well, this is a, a more stuff that I have on video, but it's it just Nat screaming and yelling. And when you're in those recording booths, they're very small. Sometimes they're they're bigger rooms, but those, some of the ones we recorded in were small little rooms, um, and they're meant to absorb sound. So when someone's yelling, yelling and you're in that room with them yeah. and you don't have headphones on. So it's just Jen in the booth like this while Matt's yelling as Uncle Owen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, we would try to do, I mean, we had, I remember one episode, there was like a, an awkward dinner date thing or something. It was like Vader and mm-hmm. one of the female officers or whatever. And we knew we wanted, I would think it was Jennifer Hale. Yeah. Um, not to be confused with Jennifer Hill, but one of our actors, <laughs> brilliant actors, but Jennifer Hill. Um, like we, when we knew we wanted to get some play off these guys, we we would try to make a concerted effort to get them in the booth together. Um, but unlike Clone Wars, we had so many more actors to juggle, and it just made it too much of a challenge. Yeah, and well, they had to do so many voices. Yeah, because right. we had so many characters across these three different environments. You would have one character playing a guy, you know, like Todd was saying on the say Coruscant and then a different character on Tatooine and so to try and get them playing with the same like with their office like I guess their counterpart on that in that environment and then to switch to another one it was very tricky yeah yeah now were the characters themselves 
all in the same world, like Amandala would run into Princess Leia? Or what, did y'all kind of keep some of the continuity? We, we totally kept it real continuity. Like, we even had we even had a bit in the in the thing where um, Princess Leia goes to Dex's diner, and she sees a, a picture of Queen Amidala, Amidala on the wall, and she says, who's that? She's really pretty. And Dex goes, well, yeah, you know, she's a, she was a senator. She had a, she, you know, she... What, Lousy taste in men. Yeah, it's, it, she goes through her whole, like, backstory... <laughs> And then at the end, he goes, she's dead. <laughs> but uh, but we, we kept it real because we actually were treating it as like Star Wars. With, it was Detours were, yeah, we were our time. Leia and Luke were about 13 ish in our world. So it was it was a it was pre Rogue One slightly. It was like the it was between three and four you know, post Clone Wars. But before New Hope, um, I mean, I'm sorry, post Revenge of the Sith, um, but before New Hope. Um, and we kind of kept to. to the reality of that like like uh and we and we used a lot of clone wars references as well like we had um we had rada the hut jabba's son in the very beginning clone wars um rada gets kidnapped and jabba you know needs to get him back or whatever in our show rada is is like a, a teenage kid and he's like the biggest brat you know and he has like you know just you know just like we 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 kind of patterned some of that stuff off of um things that we gleaned from all of the elements that were out of Star Wars at the time. So, um, were you were you able to um, talk to Dave Filoni or any of the guys from the Clone Wars when it came to some of those characters to find out a little bit more about them? Did he have anything to help you guys with writing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dave was. I mean, he, we were all in the same building, and his crew was right down the hall. Um, you know, I, th- we we tried to respect their. It, it, it's a, it was tricky because we we also didn't want to like we had D Bradley Baker play all of our clones on our show, but D also played all the clones on on Clone Wars and uh, I, th- I think at, at at one point there was a little bit of concern as to whether or not that would you know adversely affect Clone Wars if we came out and our clones sounded exactly like theirs and rather than being these grizzled veterans in this middle of this war he sounded like a ridiculous like you know crazy guy um, but uh, but yeah we we talked to Dave here and there we, we, we were doing a whole run with Ahsoka and we did a bit as to we wrote some scripts about like um ahsoka being in like witness protection program and she you know we meet her later and she's like a mom and you know know, know stuff and it was it was like a thing where we you know we we were hoping to get dave's blessing you you know those those episodes never actually got made but we um you know we we would you know uh get information from him when we could for sure so were you were you given free reign to do what you want or were there limits on you your what you wanted to do or how did that work i feel like we had free reign yeah for most of it for the most part we had free reign we had we had free reign there i feel like there were a couple of george rules Mm -hmm. like mostly george rules he what what were they (laughs) there were some things he was like oh you can't do that no holiday special yeah yeah yeah, you could have done something on the holiday special as a joke oh we 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 had lumpy yeah we we, (laughs) oh believe me we utilized the heck out of the holiday special we had we had lumpy (laughs) Um, uh, but yeah, there, there were, we, we kind of had free reign, but like, 
again, we didn't want to step on anything that Dave was doing either. So we just tried to be, you know, respectful of, of their show. Um, you know, uh, like we weren't going to like put, you know, like like sort of do anything that would mess up the, the real canon, even though, we, you know, we treated it in our minds like what we were doing as canon, even though we knew it was just a, a comedy. But um, I don't think there was there wasn't many things we couldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty open. Now, w- were there any surprises that to actors you did get to be able to cast for the show or were there any disappointments of ones that you wanted but you couldn't land <laughs> oh yes we had a couple of disappointments mm-hmm. we had a, we had a couple of actors that we cast in the very early on that ended up not being able to do it because of contractual obligations to other shows they were already on yeah ah. uh, but then but then it it's one of it, those were those moments where the, the actors that we ended up getting instead ended up being like we, you couldn't you can imagine it without them yeah you know? yeah um but who was there any I'm trying to think like aside from in the beginning and that was just because we didn't know where we were going to be airing right yep so yeah. without without them knowing they're like well it might be a conflict of interest and we're like do you understand what our show is like no it's not a conflict of interest <laughs> yeah. the character they're currently playing on your series yeah um, but yeah now I'm trying to think yeah we the initial yeah I know we, we, we there were some I mean we we <laughs> auditioned every actor that has ever been an actor I think for the show so we, I we we used we listened to countless reads yeah. and it was a really it was tough because there were so many really good ones it was really hard to narrow it down but i'm trying to remember like who was sort of like a breakout or who like we thought you know surprised us like i can't it's yeah it's, i mean a lot of them were actors that one of the bunch of us had worked with before so um yeah it was like it was it was a really great cast everybody yeah we had so many great people on the show um i think i think we you know uh having uh weird al play some characters was i mean weird al played the dianoga on our show <laughs> <laughs> as well as forlong yeah oh nice where on his deathbed he reveals that Borlam actually is an acronym for the love of meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But do he didn't die. But uh, yeah, um, we had a we did an episode that you know one of the funnest things that we did that um, unfortunately never got completed um, because it was too it was it was sort of late in the end of the second season was we had Weird Al write a musical for us. The entire episode was a musical and. Uh, uh, and he wrote, he, like, it was like, you know, like it was scored like the Phantom of the Opera. And it was sort of like the Phantom of the Opera. The Phantom was the Dianoga, and it was like sort of like the Phantom of the Death Star. And, oh, Weird uh, Al musical. That's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. We recorded all the actors singing and everything, but we never got to make the actual episode. But hey, that, that, it, was a, that was a very fun moment. If it worked for Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Having a kid. Well, kind of, yeah. Kind of on a related note, um, were there any characters that, because um, going 36 episodes, you got enough time to actually develop some characters and things there, even being a comedy. Were there any characters that surprised you in the beginning that became a whole lot more important later on just because they organically became that? They weren't really initially planned to be as big a character. Hmm, it takes some thought. Yeah. Probably. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, 
What was the, we, we, there were a lot of characters on the show that were, that were, like, we had, like, a monomon was, we, mm-hmm. there were a lot of characters that were very incidental, but they were so funny that we ended up writing whole episodes around them. Um, and, like, a monomon was one of them. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and what the heck is a monomon? Like, right, he's the big, weird, leech, tall, giant leech-looking thing in the background. Yeah. Uh, but we gave him, like, a whole backstory, and, yeah. and he talked, he, his voice was like, um, Charlie in the box from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He was like, hey, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, the, and I think, I, I think Luke maybe was probably one of the ones that we always, that, like, we always mm-hmm. knew he was funny, but he became yeah. more and more, you know, in the beginning we were making the show not about any of the main characters. Like, the show yeah. wasn't about Luke, it wasn't about Leia. Um, but then as we started to create, do the show, there were characters like Luke that were w- working so well and like Luke's relationship with Obi-Wan and, yeah. and that stuff and it just there was so much comedy to mine from that that we ended up writing them in more and more and more um, so he was one of the ones that got a much bigger role than he was ever intended to have <laughs> in Lobot <laughs> Lobot yeah so yeah we had a bounty hunters oh yeah the bounty hunters the bounty yeah. hunters yeah like Dengar oh nice boss. I mean we yeah um, Lom and Zuckus I mean everybody yeah everybody always mispronounced his name as suck ass <laughs> flashbacks Uh, to that one commercial it's dumas yeah yeah Uh, yeah. what do you think mr dumbass yeah exactly that's exactly (laughs) um i know we went all over the place between you know focusing more on the show itself instead of the documentary uh is there is there more we could talk about with the documentary uh to get out there or are we in many ways kind of doing the documentary justice by discussing the show itself? I think probably the latter. I, I think because it's so early on, um, you know, right now it's uh, it's uh, it's you know you kind of have to start putting something together so that you can you can present it uh, to people and ask them if um, if it's okay. And that's what I'm doing right now. And and you know the with the you know I would have to show it to at least a, a synopsis and a breakdown and a treatment of it to the Lucasfilm people and the Disney people. Um, and they could just say, oh, hell no, this is not happening. And then that's going to be the end of it. Um, so, you know, it's sort of a passion project, I think, for uh, for now. And then and uh, but, you know, in the off chance that they say, OK, yeah, we'll 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 let you do this. Then, um, you know, we'll go full force with it. But um, but really, I think the intention of it is to kind of reflect on the, the the those days of making detours and I think for me the the I think the nice reason why I'd like to tell this story is not because I have an agenda of trying to make um, to, to get detours out there even though obviously I would like that to happen but all but more of um just to uh, to 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 not forget it, not forget the time that we 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 were there, and and that it's an interesting story. I think that's the biggest thing for me is that is it, it's it's kind of a bizarre tale, and it's in in the Star Wars world, and it's I think it's a an, an interesting enough story that um, people would be entertained by it. Um, even if they never get to see what we're talking about, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, cause it was such a weird ride, you know, there was so, there were a lot of weird things that went on and fun things and, you know, like just, yeah. 
it was it was an interesting journey and i and i think and the way it ended is such an such a also interesting thing i think people might find it you know intriguing now we know the fan outcry was pretty huge when the show was canceled especially after all the hype and the promotion at c6 um when when did y'all notice the the uh, the fan outcry started to die off? And do you guys get surprised when people like myself um, bring it up? Like, oh, I really wish the show happened. I was looking so forward to it. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of when I noticed that it had died down. Yeah, but when it, it does, pretty crop, quickly. It did seem pretty quickly, but then <laughs> I feel like every few months after that, you would hear snippets of while, things yeah. and talk. Would maybe reach out to me, going, "Did you hear from so and so? Did you find out? Is, is this going? Are we are we going? Is is something happening? Or or I might reach out to somebody because I've heard something. But it's like every yeah. few months or so, like once a quarter. Yeah, we had we had one person that we worked with a while back send us an email that was like, "Congratulations on the show coming out," and we were like, "What? <laughs> what? What don't we know?" But she was just she was mistaken because she got she got some false information. But we were like, "Wait, what? We were super like, excited. It's news to us." Um, but yeah. I I think it, I think it dwindled pretty quickly that um, because aside from C6, there was very little information about it. Um, uh, and also there was not surprisingly at all. We always knew this would happen, but there was a very mixed reaction to detours. There were a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people at C6, like they enjoyed it. And they we you know, that we that uh, when we presented the show to people there, they seemed to really respond to it, um, the, at least the people in that room. And I think the. I think fans of Star Wars that, you know, they're, they're sort of, they, they could, they could see what we were going for with the comedy. They knew we weren't trying to make like it, you know, you know, like make, you know, make us make it into something that's what it's not supposed to be. Right. But, but then there were a lot of, at the same time, there were a lot of um, like real diehard fans that I don't want to say took offense to what we were doing, but certainly didn't want to, you know, weren't interested in seeing stormtroopers sing Miley Cyrus songs. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> It was, and, and we knew we oh, the day that we started working on this, we knew that there it, there would be a split. Like this would be like a divisive yeah. type mm-hmm. of. Um, we knew that some people were gonna just be just not like it. You know, it was gonna be the jar jar of <laughs> yeah. Now, um, what was some of the age demographics that you saw of for the age range that absolutely loved it to the range that was like, yeah, you're not getting my viewership at all. <laughs> it was all the older fans that didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but then really? again, they have no sense of humor. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm one of those older fans and I, I was right. th- I mean, know, it- drooling, waiting for Well, still drooling to see it. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I don't. I think. Well, I think younger fans, if they're not in, as invested as we all are, because you know, like, like it's it means so much to to people of our generation. And then younger fans uh, were getting into, you know, they're it, at the time. I think the younger audience, their their um their most relevant notion of Star Wars is Clone Wars because it was on at the time and it was a big hit. Um, and our show was such a, you know, change, you know, such a different take on Star Wars. Um, but they seem to be like kind of okay with it. 
I think it was a lot of the, you know, like more like real purist fans that, you know, didn't 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 like the idea of, you know, like, you know, sort of tweaking things that were sacred. <laughs> but myself being one of those people, I was OK with it, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, so it, was it seems a, like so yeah, it seems ahead. like it was um, a lot of the fan. The it seems like you're saying the fans, um, some of the older ones were having a problem with um, thinking that you're making fun of Star Wars and not having fun with Star Wars. Maybe. Does that sound more like it? Yeah, maybe. Although the it's, it's interesting. I think the I think there was more like a thing where it's like people. Some people just didn't want to like when you know. It's like when you think of like um, uh, Darth Vader and imagine sort of the way he's represented, like in Rogue One, for example. He's a very powerful, strong character, and he's very he's scary. He can he can whoop you know the butt off of like twelve guys and no problem. You know that kind of stuff. It's like that's how they envision that character, and to see him acting sort of like a, a doofus, if you will, for lack of a better term, <laughs> you know, that's almost like borderline offensive to, to that uh, type of fan. That's not um, fun. That's, that's okay. not funny. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think that they're wrong. I actually, I, I think that's okay to have that feeling. Um, you know, it's because it, it all depends on what it means to you, you know, as an, as an individual fan. Some, some people, you know, that, that, you know, you're, you're, you're messing with their, you know, their toys. <laughs> And people yeah. take ownership of Star Wars in that way. Yeah. You know? So, w- so. What, what was, after the various panels at C6, what was one of the worst confrontations you faced on the floor uh, in regards to the shows? I mean, did you have one where you're like, uh, someone go get security now? <laughs> I don't think so. so. There was this guy yeah. named Mike. Yeah, there was a guy named Mike. Claimed he knew Seth Green. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I Nail, think- nailed all his quirks, but still questionable. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think most of the people that hated detours, I think you know, probably chose to just do it anonymously on the internet. Like, and then no one came up to us and said, "Man, what you're doing stinks." In fact, we had a, the opposite. People in person, at, at to my recollection, anyway, yeah. were very like thank, like they were yeah. nice to us. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted pictures. It. Yeah, yeah. No one. Yeah. Thank God, no one came up to us and said like, "Hey, we hate your show." <laughs> I would have yeah. cried. Uh. <laughs> well, I I know I ran into you guys. I know I ran into you guys before the first panel even happened. Yeah, because I think y'all are trying to drum up. Uh, Viewers, uh, viewers, yeah. um, trying to drum up. Um, oh, I can't even think of where I want to go with this. Like yeah, the audience, drum up, drum sure up an audience for for the panel. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we were a little concerned that maybe people would be confused by what it was because we never, we didn't, we didn't broadcast it. I mean, people knew um, because there was information out there of, about that we were making the show at least, so there was some knowledge. But <clears throat> if yeah. you hadn't, if you privy to that, people were like, "What's this panel?" Super secret. Yeah, it was the super yeah. secrets. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, that could have been intriguing to some people. Yeah, but then we thought, well, let's go out on the floor and let's, you know, let's do some yeah. footwork and get. Yeah. We were passing out pamphlets and stuff. Yeah, the pamphlet I did not get, but I did just get the photograph, so that's, that's oh, yeah. more important. <laughs> well, we, I still have a ton of those flyers. I, I I'll send you some. Too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we 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 pilfered the we, we when we left, we took everything that we could <laughs> that wasn't nailed down in my. Office. Awesome. <laughs> like, like, like these, for example. <laughs> Which I was still Those about to really get a hold cool. of. <laughs> that it, is really cool. End of that day, I if I had seen one still around, I was going to grab it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is just, just today. I'm taking it. 
Yep. <laughs> but they were gone by that point. Yeah. They're going around. I mean, I think someone went around and like deliberately collected these. Yeah. Yeah. I, think so. or yeah, I was going to say. Someone like went around and was like trying to make sure we had all of them, you know. Uh, now I I do yeah. have the I do have the T-shirt that was being given away. Oh, you got the T-shirt cool. with uh, Killer and Supreme. Um, Supreme. Yeah, yeah, I did get one of the T-shirts. That was the one like piece of uh, swag, so to speak, that we did not get. We, there were it was so the supply was so limited that you know we had lots of hoodies and stuff, but mm-hmm. that T-shirt is extraordinarily rare. Like we like people always ask me if I have more or whatever. I'm like, yeah. I wish I did. But <laughs> yeah, we we threw them all into the audience, and that was pretty much. See, I, was. Yeah. see, I didn't get mine at the audience. I got mine at the uh, at the hyperspace booth. Oh, nice, cool, or, yeah. or whatever booth was also handing out the sunglasses. Oh, nice. Yep. So, got a pair of sunglasses, the T-shirt, all at the same time. But now <laughs> knowing it's that rare, I'm so tempted to frame it now. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. piece of art. <laughs> I see them crop up on eBay once in a while. Really? Like, really? Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it, you know, every once in a while, people are trying to hawk them. I mean, I, there's there are there are a couple people out there because George was there. There's a couple of people out there that must have one that was thrown by George. Yeah, because uh, he threw a couple out there. <laughs> So, oh, that's such, such a fun time. Yeah. The question is, this is so rare. Does Steve Sansweet have one yet? Oh, I'm sure he's got one. He must have. So. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, it, if he didn't get one that night, he doesn't have one because I think that was all that there one of those yeah. two nights. But you, you, you had I to get. I think the t-shirts you had to get it that first day, that Thursday. Oh, or, it? Yeah, uh, okay. I no, see yeah, no, the panel was on Friday. It was on it was on the we, Friday. We did I, think. I think we did two. The second, the second panel had George, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And we threw them out at both, but um. Uh, but I can't remember what days we did. Thursday, Friday, maybe. Yeah. It was like, yeah. yeah I, or Friday, I think. Saturday. I think th- Whatever the first day they were being handed out, they only did one day on the floor. Yeah, because the they were because yeah. sa- they were saving. Because then they realized the stock was running low, and they wanted to save some for for the next. Okay. I think it was for the next panel. Yeah, yeah. which the and line were- for that panel was insane. Well, that's yeah. good. <laughs> I, I think you guys have probably. I think y'all were one of the longest panels for or longest lines to get into for for that for uh, for that space. <laughs> it's all that pamphlet handing out legwork. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, favorite favorite moments or favorite or most favorite moment uh, doing the show. Oh, that's hard. There were so many. <laughs> there were so many, and I don't mean like I mean, we just had such a good time. Yeah, I clearly remember the first time that we had an animatic with George. Yeah, and the reaction. Yeah, <laughs> the reaction when he left the room of everybody in editing, like, oh my god, oh my god, we just we just edited with George Lucas. Like, are you yeah. that was amazing. Was, oh. You know, like that was that, that was. Must- that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I remember that day because we yeah we we showed George the animatic and he it, instead of it just saying like oh here's a few notes or I'll write down some notes and email them to someone who will get them to you or whatever yeah. um, he actually sat in the room and like cut picture with us and yeah. and it was like George and I talking about stuff and moving shots around and everything and it was that thing I was like I just cut a film <laughs> with George Lucas um, and everybody kind of did that it was like we were like well okay thanks George thanks. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll see you later. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> 
But there was one thing like we were like we can't do that. Right? He wanted there was the egg. Remember the giant egg? Yeah, <laughs> I remember the egg. <laughs> George wanted to add one bit that we we kind of went through with it for a while, yeah. but we we realized it was never going to work, and then we we never end up doing it. But then he didn't end up seeing the episode for another like six months because he saw it when it was full color, uh, and he I guess he he, okay. he either forgot or he just didn't bring it up because yeah. <laughs> it was not it in was there. Not an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think my favorite moment probably was C six because I think that because we were we were so happy to finally show it to people. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. been sitting on it for so long. Um, and uh, so once we had, you know, that that was the total goal the whole time was to let people see it. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, actually, uh, what <clears throat> since obviously Detours is not going anywhere, um, I know you're working on the um, possibly trying to do this documentary, but is there anything currently you guys are working on that you can actually tell us about? If well, people want to see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I recently directed um, a Lego thing at Warner Brothers. It's coming out, I think, later this year. It's... Um, it's a it's a it's a Lego property, but it's based off of a, of a, like DC superhero girls, um, and uh, and uh, I'm not sure. I don't know when it's coming out, but uh, but that'll be sort of the next thing that um, I directed cool. that'll be seen. And I'm currently working in video games here in the North Bay for a local company, so I'm producing across several different games. Uh, one of them that came out last year was Minecraft uh, Story Mode. So uh, yeah, a couple a couple of different games that are in the mix right now. Now that I don't know if I should really be talking about, but <laughs> I can at least talk about Minecraft. It's hard not to, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Jen refuses to move down to LA, even though I. <laughs> Trying to lure her down there. <laughs> love it so Well, it, it's good that you're still here because then once in a while, and I can come back and yeah, you know, yeah, go to the old stomping grounds. This is where it all started, where we made our dream team. That's right. It's the best job ever. Yeah. Most fun I've had on on a job ever it was this show. It was detours for Appreciate sure. It. Hey, yeah. yeah, high five. five. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It yeah. was it was also the hardest show I've ever done yeah for sure. for sure like it was there there was time we had the we invented the forearm fight we used to jen and i used to argue <laughs> we used to like arm wrestle basically yeah we over had... over artists over issues over artistic <laughs> views on certain schedule things. And yeah. money. um and i didn't i never had enough time to do what i want to do and um uh but yeah we had it like there was this one time where we looked like insane people because we were in a restaurant where we thought we'd have like a cat casual meeting about the schedule and it turned into a, a vicious argument where like <laughs> I think I grabbed your forearm and then you and grabbed then grab my yours, forearm and yeah. then we, we started trying to figure out who could win and then you the kind battle. of realize you know you're not alone yeah and there, there are was... people at other tables near you looking at you like you're insane yeah. we're in Mill Valley California <laughs> in Mill Valley and there was a restaurant full of probably people in their 60s and 70s and we looked up and they were all staring at us like what are you guys doing <laughs> and then we left the schedule there, didn't we? No. We no yes, we, we did. We no, left we it on the table. Oh, we didn't. I think we left it there. I deny anything Todd is saying right now. <laughs> but I think we had to go back. Didn't we have to go back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got so mad, we just stormed out of there. <laughs> so, but, it, the, but the rest of the time was fun. Yeah. Would you would you say then that the uh, detours is completely dead, or is there ever is there any hope? Are you holding out any hope in your hearts that maybe someday something somehow, if the planets align right, or? <laughs> <laughs> 
I do. I'm still holding out hope. It was, like I said, because it was the most fun I've ever had on a job in my life. And it was such the quality of that show and all the yeah. blood, sweat, and tears that went into it. I really, really hope that it sees the light of day. Yeah. I, I hope so. I, I think um, I think it's it, it'll all depend. I think it's going to be one of those things that, uh, you know, if anyone knows about it and still remembers it, there'll always be that thing about, hey, whatever happened to that? And mm-hmm. that might may someday lead to something. But I think, I honestly wonder if it'll be, you know, it's one of those things where it's like 30 years from now and it doesn't matter that it's no longer topical, you know, that kind of thing. It's sort of more of like a, of a, of a look back, you know? Because <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't, I think right now, as long as they're still making the spinoff films and the new films, episode eight and episode nine, um, it just, it, it just doesn't fit in, you know? Um, it's not as ancillary as some of the more one-offy things like if it's so there's so you know it's such a if, if they put all 39 episodes on netflix or something like that that would be a oh, large yeah. star wars comedy to sort of to to have at your fingertips and then yeah. and then uh, you know they, they want you know they have to protect the, the brand so like i said i think uh it would be something that would be one of those uh unlocking from the vault and it's you know 20 years from now and a look back on what happened in the you know uh, back then but um I, I I truly don't know, but I I feel like it's a the the chances are slim. <laughs> and the references now too, or we you know we most of the comedy that we put in there, well I shouldn't say most, all the comedy that we have in our show um, is based on the material that was created to date at that point. Um, but now that there's so much more material, if we were still making detours now, we would be making Kylo Ren's stories and mm-hmm. uh, you, know, yeah. you know they're like. Jim Urso, like we, we would we would be pulling stuff from those bits too. Um, that would be more topical as to what's happening now. And the further you get away from that, the less um, uh, the less applicable detours becomes. And we had a lot of. Um, parodied music in there and things like that and you know like Miley Cyrus and think things that might no longer make as much sense maybe yeah. <laughs> unless you wait 20 or 30 years in which case it's more like just a throwback Thursday, look, you know, I love the 80s kind of thing, you know, but <laughs> I don't know. But fingers crossed. <laughs> you can, you can, you, it's always playing at, um, at my home theater. You can see it anytime there. <laughs> It does sound like uh, it was a good experience overall for you, and it sounds like you still, like, you don't harbor any ill will towards what happened or anything, which is good. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, we're not going to be bitter or anything. I mean, you know, the thing is, like, uh, oddly enough, when uh, Jen was the one that told me that the show, that they were decided to end it, um, and uh, and yeah, we were wondering for a long time, oh, are we going to have to slow down? And I remember coming in your office and saying, and you saying, so yeah, we got the news about the show. And I said, oh, do do we have to slow down? And Jen went, no. <laughs> and I was like, well, what are we doing? She's like, well, you started to cry. But um, but uh, yeah. but she was like, oh, yeah, we're doing it. And it, it, oddly enough, I, I remember that moment distinctly. And I remember feeling a, an odd sense of relief because I was so uh, tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my God. Because I, I was like, it was so uh, such a passion of mine. It's such a passion project for all of us, mm-hmm. and and um, and we worked really hard on it. And I was actually like, 
thinking to myself, oh, that, like for a slim moment, the pressure's off. Um, but then that was like shock, I yeah. guess, yeah. because then a few months later, that's when I had started having like the meltdowns about the show being over. Um, but uh, but now, you know, looking back, it's like, it, yeah, there's you can't change what happened. And, you know, we you know, we're you know, we're really happy to have had gotten the opportunity. Yeah. The big the best thing about it was getting the opportunity, especially getting to work with George. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, who get how many people can say that? Yeah, that was fantastic. And just and the crew, too. Like, I think that was one of the best, if not the best crew I've ever worked with. Yep. And just meeting talented people like Todd right. and everybody else for the first time and, and having that chance to work with everybody was like hands down the best experience of my life in my career. Yeah. For sure. So I it's sad to think back and and feel like you have nothing to show for it, you know what I mean? That the right. public won't see anything, right, yeah. you know, that you've done to show for it. But I still feel so lucky, you know, to have had that opportunity in that time period with those people. Yeah. Like we've said before, it's like light. It was like lightning in a bottle. It was just so perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we know it happened, so we <laughs> we have that. You've got the footage yeah. and the photos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and we, and it's it was over. We were talking. About, it's like it's almost been four years that yeah. that it, it yeah. was over. And, and and you and we talk almost every day. Yeah. We said, like, you know, we, you know, we, and, and the people that we worked with back then, we're still, you know, in touch with. And, yeah. and, you know, we work with, I mean, I, several of the people I'm working with now are people that I work, I hired from detours. Um, so yeah, so we, we keep the band together. Yeah. It, it's just a shame that you, you won't share them with someone who's willing to sign an NDA saying, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. The good thing is you'd be, I'd be shit. Then, 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 um, then, then you'd have to, uh, it'd be like Mission Impossible. You'd have to watch it and then burn, like it would be self destruct <laughs> <laughs> uh, It might be worth it. Be like, okay, I'm at work. There's no one in my work location. I'll watch. Uh, there's people are now off the island. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we actually had, I mean, I think with their blessing too, but we, at the end of the run, we, we created like a feature length compilation of episodes that we screened for the crew, mm-hmm. um, the cast and crew. Um, and yeah, and every, so everybody could see. And some people, you know, some of the, some of the people that, that were there had never even seen a full episode, yeah. you know, because wow. um, a lot of the actors would see bits and pieces of it. Um, and then there were a lot of people that were on the show early on and then rolled off and, had, you know, had never seen the show, really. Um, so, you know, we were able to at least kind of like have a have a screening for everybody that had a hand in the show, so which was which was great. That's cool. Yeah. Where, where can people find you guys on the Internet or learn more about some of the stuff y'all are doing? Well, Jen is not on social media. I am media, not. So <laughs> I, really refuse, I refuse to give in and be really out there on anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still on uh, I'm Twitter and Instagram as I'm Todd Grimes, like I and M Todd Grimes. Um, and uh, I think that's about all I have as far as, yeah, I mean, I'm on Snapchat, but I don't know. No one really cares about Snapchat. I don't Snapchat anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, those are probably the best places for me. And then because, you know, when I'm working on stuff, as soon as they let me, I put it out there. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's been a long time of working on things that are, you know, they're always secret until the until the so they see the light of day. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, the life in animation. Yeah, or any, yeah, really kind of anything. Life, life in entertainment. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. in general. Yep. I, I feel like there's a lot of detours out there, like a lot of shows mm-hmm. that no one's ever seen. Yeah. Some good, some not yeah. so good. Like Fantastic Four. <laughs> you hear all kinds of stories about them. There's a great There's a great documentary with that one as well called Doomed, the untold story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and the, you know, some things, and I, uh, I'm, I'm not, at, uh, you know, casting any aspersions, but some things probably should never be seen by people. <laughs> Detours, perhaps. <laughs> Detours is not one of those that should not be seen. Definitely not. I would love it if people could see it. Um, but I'm also a huge Star Wars fan, so boy, I don't know. I, I yeah, it's like want to keep it pure. So we, 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 there's a lot of things that had we known, I, I don't know. I don't know if we would have done anything different had we known that, that Star Wars was going to live on the way it has and, um, and, and just be better than ever, really. I mean, Rogue One was, might be my favorite Star Wars movie yet. Wow. Wow. It's good. <laughs> I mean, I, and I'm, not, I'm not making. I'm not. Uh, that's sort of not accounting for changes in technology and stuff. I'm not. I'm. I mean, just as a film, yeah. I, I will. I will agree with a lot of the comments I have heard. Rogue One is the best Star Wars video game that we always <laughs> wanted. <laughs> uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, having Rogue One, yeah. Having a child who is in love with Star Wars and having her get to see our stormtroopers not the Force Awakens Stormtroopers on the big yeah. screen. Um, and she loving the movie just as much and in our realm because of that movie. Um what was was a blast to see. Yeah. Since she's now getting both worlds. Uh you know, being seven, you know, she's come in after the the post Lucas run Star Wars. She she's getting to see both realms coming to play. Um with Rogue One, with Force Awakens, the upcoming Han Solo film, Episode Eight, uh, how they go back and forth. Uh, it, it's just a great time, and yeah. I, I wish Detours could have been a part of that. I mean, if you can't yeah. make, if you if you can't have that sense of humor and look back at at things in a in a lighter tone, then then what's the point? Right. Yeah, I think it, I think it's I think it's okay to have both ends for sure. I mean, as as a as a sort of as a mature audience member, you probably can make a distinction between the two a little easier. Like when I was a kid, I thought the 1966 Adam West Batman was Batman. Right. You know, yeah. I right. think it was a joke. I thought when I watched Batman, when I watched Adam West on screen, I was like, that's Batman. Like I didn't realize it was a funny thing until I was like a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we didn't know because even the cartoons were still kind of the same way, be it, yeah. um, you know, the Batman show or the all new Batman or super friends. And, and that whole realm. But then when Keaton's Batman came out with, with Tim Burton, you know, the Burton Batmans, it's like, okay, but a lot of people were able to, to separate the difference. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. that's that. Well, this is this. Some of it is, some of it is the Adam West Batman was Batman for that time when it was made. That's right. if you read, look at any of those books from the sixties, that's what Batman was. Yeah. Yeah. And Burton yeah. was making him after Frank Miller and everybody had gotten a hold of Batman yeah. and totally changed the character. Right. Right. Yeah. So, well, we thank you guys for coming on and and taking us a little on a little bit of a detour. <laughs> oh yeah, and, 
and, and, and giving us some backstory behind detours itself and, and we'll hopefully a little and a, a little bit of a tease of hopefully what will be a documentary we, we get to see in, here in the near future yeah yeah, yeah definitely if, definitely if anything happens with that let us know absolutely for sure yeah it'll be a it'll probably be a good year in the making if they if they let me do it but <laughs> awesome it's a lot of stuff to go through a lot of footage yeah we were just looking at some of it today it was yeah a lot of memories <laughs> <laughs> but we're working on it so well, thanks for again, having us oh it's our pleasure and on that definitely note, give the evacuation code signal all right cut the chatter Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2.